Axis Mundi. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our amazing lineup of creators. Hello, friends. Before we jump in today, wanted to say thank you to all of you for your support, all of our patrons and uh, people who reach out to us. Uh, we are immensely grateful, and you uh, definitely make this show go. In the new year, we're looking forward to uh, continuing the show and doing it three times a week. But uh, we're basically in a place where we need to continue to uh, raise revenue and and uh, raise money in order to do that. For Dan and I, uh, this is a passion project. It's something that takes up a lot of time, especially, especially for me. I'm the writer, the producer, uh, the interviewer, uh, the editor, and all of those things. And so uh, with a newborn and uh, with job responsibilities and all kinds of other things, both Dan and I are basically staring down a... Uh, a scenario where we need to kind of figure out how we can balance all of those obligations with the time it takes to do this show, uh, not just once, not just twice, but three times a week. And so um, if you have not uh, thought about becoming a, p- a patron yet, um, please think about that today. Or if you would like just an ad-free experience without having to sign up for Patreon and all that stuff, you can find that uh, in our show notes as well. It would really help us and uh, allow me to focus on content and to interviewing uh, great scholars and journalists and to formulating uh, further uh, series and, uh, and and documentaries. And if none of that's possible, we, co- we totally understand. We would hope that you would uh, perhaps stop by uh, Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Um, it helps us out immensely and share all of our stuff on social media. Uh, that helps too. Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, faculty at the University of San Francisco. Our show is hosted in partnership with the CAP Center at UCSB. And I have an amazing guest today, uh, someone who's just written uh, a unique and uh, I think marvelous new book, and that is Dr. Carolyn Chen. I'll introduce Carolyn in a minute, but first, Dr. Chen, just want to say thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me, Brad. Happy to be here. Well, you uh, have written a great new book that we're going to talk about, and that is Work, Pray, Code, When Work Becomes Religion in Silicon Valley, which is fascinating. And uh, I, I, both of us live in the Bay Area, and so Silicon Valley is kind of a pervasive uh, cultural, political, economic force uh, in this region. So we'll get into that. But first, uh, let me tell folks who, who you are. So uh, Dr. Chen is uh, faculty at, uh, at uh, Cal Berkeley and is now the co-director of the program on religion there, uh, among other affiliations with ethnic studies and other programs and departments. Uh, formerly taught and and I was on faculty at Northwestern, uh, wrote uh, a book called Getting Saved in America, Taiwanese Immigration and Religious Experience, uh, which I hope someday you'll come back and talk about that one too, even though uh, I know it's old news for you. Uh, Also the co-editor of Sustaining Faith Traditions, Race, Ethnicity, and Religion Among the Latino and Asian American Second Generation. Uh, And as I mentioned, we're here today to talk about her brand new book, When Work Becomes Religion in Silicon, Work, Pray, Code, When Work Becomes Religion in Silicon Valley. And so uh, this is an amazing work because you spent five years uh, basically doing uh, interviews and other forms of research and embeddedness uh, in Silicon Valley, talking to folks who are highly skilled workers, uh, working at tech firms, startups, uh, other such things that folks I know hear about uh, 
and and see on TV and and you know we 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 sort of have this image of what Silicon Valley is like and so on. One of the the main ideas in the book is that the the workforce in Silicon Valley, the people who are working at these startups and these tech companies, are now seeing their workplaces as spiritual centers in a in a kind of broad sense. Uh, that you know some of the workforce understand work to be the kind of spiritual hub of their life, if that's not too far of a reach. And the leaders of the tech startups see themselves in some cases as spiritual leaders, as ministers, as pastors. You spent five years doing this. Can you help us understand that dynamic a little bit? Yeah. So here I want to just say that this is, um, my book is, uh, is a case study of Silicon Valley, but um, I'm arguing in my book that these are some, these, the trends that we're seeing here are really trends that we're seeing um, um, among high-skilled workers um, in all of America. And that this is not just a recent thing, but this has been a trend in the making for the last four years. And so my larger, the larger argument that I make in my book is that work is replacing religion um, in for high-skilled workers. Um, and we see this particularly in what I call knowledge industry hubs like the Silicon Valley, um, like Seattle, New York, uh, Cambridge, these sorts of spaces. And um, so back to your question about what's going on. And yeah, you're, you're actually referencing one of the people that I talk about in the book who says, who calls himself the head pastor of his startup. And this idea that, you know, this idea of bringing spirituality into the company is something that we really start to see happening in the 1980s. Um, and this is a shift that's happening in companies. You know, if I, to, to connect it back to the larger context, what's happening in the 80s is this, um, the rise of the knowledge economy, you know, the shift from industrial to post-industrial economy, but also the rise of global capitalism. So companies really need to step up in order to compete in this global economy. And so if you think about in a post-industrial economy, in a knowledge economy, um, a company's most precious assets is their human capital. Okay, it's not their natural resources. It's not their tech, not necessarily their technologies. It's really the the minds and the spirits behind that technology. So the question then becomes: um, you can't, you know, this is not something that you can mechanize or outsource. In a sense, how do you grow the value of your company? Well, you grow it actually by investing in your human capital. You can do this by equipping them with better skills, which companies do, right? And they're hiring from, you know, the top 10 universities, this sort of thing. Um, and, and, you know, and this was also a theme among the people that I interviewed that is constantly needing to retool themselves, you know, to learn the latest programming languages, et cetera, to keep marketable. But the other way that companies can grow the value of their human capital is by essentially investing in the spirits um, and trying to um, and trying to essentially uh, to um, get more of their engagement out of, of, of these workers. So essentially, that's where we see this kind of what I call a spiritual turn in management happening, you know, in the 1980s, where suddenly there becomes this, I, I shouldn't say suddenly, there is a precedent for it, but there becomes this emphasis on work culture and creating strong work cultures and how do you, and how do companies 
um, how do companies and, and you get the investment of your workers by trying to meet their social and spiritual needs? Um, and so one of the things that I find in my book is that, especially in Silicon Valley, is I see this principle operating, which I call the personal as a professional, which is essentially that people operate uh, people are, are at their most optimal performance when they are optimally in their mind, body, and spirit. Um, so it then, therefore, is behooves companies to invest in the emotional, spiritual, and even physical and emotional development of their employees because they will then uh, benefit from the highest performance from, from their employees. So in this particular case that I'm talking about in the book, this um, this one startup founder sees himself as the head pastor of his startup, where he really sees himself as invested in the spiritual and social development of his employees. And he offers benefits like, you know, um, uh, like spiritual benefits. For instance, the company will pay for employees to attend spiritual retreats. He connects them with executive coaches who then teach them spiritual practices to align their souls, to align their, you know, their, their, the deepest parts of themselves with their work. So that sort of thing. Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode, you'll have access to the entire Swag archive, over 550 episodes. You'll also get an extra episode every month, ad-free listening, Discord access, and so much more. All that for less than six bucks a month, and it helps us keep our flag up and continue to safeguard democracy from religious nationalism, extremism, and rising authoritarianism. Check it out. It's not hard, I promise. 